Steelers. I can't get it right either. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the extravaganza known as the Steelers Hangover. And it's the show where we go ahead and we either celebrate 24 hours after or we find ourselves passed out in a gutter waking up, just wondering what happened. And after an 0-3 start, Tony Defio, I feel like uh, I'm definitely in the gutter on this one as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Oh, yeah. Hey, Brian. Uh, good to be with you as always. And, yeah, it's 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 there's not much uh, good to say right now about these Steelers. I mean, it's like we talked about last year. It's, it's like Groundhog Day. Every 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 week's the same. They just find a way to, to not make plays or, or – or, you know, blow it at the end. Well, uh, once again, the Steelers hangover is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Definitely check it out. Uh, we may have a special guest in a few minutes as well from Behind the Steel Curtain. That's Dave Schofield, uh, maybe on the line and joining us. But first, uh, Tony, I can ask you: uh, Did you play in the game on Sunday? You look a little. You, you look a little injured. I, I'm. I'm concerned here. Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I'm, I may have gotten in uh, against the uh, 49ers front seven because uh, I couldn't have been any worse than the, uh, the, the offensive line play, that's for sure. But no, I, uh, I fell running on Thursday, you know, so had a nice little bang to the head, but I'm doing much better now. Well, that's that's good. And as and joining us in progress as the show is in progress is our very good friend Dave Schofield from Behind the Still Curtain, Dave. our stat geek extraordinaire. And so, Dave. Make sure I'm not muted. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, before we get started, um, Tony did not play in the game yesterday, and uh, he is a little beat up. Um, he had an accident running over the weekend, and he claims it was not one of our commenters. But my question to you, Tony, this week, me two weeks ago, getting hit by a car, and it's something we really haven't talked about. But I actually, physically, while I was walking. Um, got hit by a car, but I was okay, just a sprained sprained uh, wrist. And Tony, I think Tony has a concussion. I think he might, he, Tony might be in the protocol. We might not, maybe we shouldn't have started Tony this week. I, uh, well, if I start tweeting, sorry, go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead, Tony. If I started tweeting about uh, being wronged by the NFL, maybe I do have a concussion. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other ball of wax. Dave Schofield, so we're talking about our Pittsburgh Steelers in the 0-3 start. And one of the reasons you're on the show is, one, one because we just love you. And uh, two, we want to talk about, uh, you know, how can they salvage the season? And is, uh, you know, people are going to say no, but... Uh, I mean, is there a chance that this team can still go to the playoffs? And I'm going to ask you that in a heartbeat. So uh, just hold on. But before we go, uh, just a reminder, we love to have you in our, uh, in our lives here and on the chat. So uh, definitely feel free to go and put your comments in. I will not answer questions. Tony, Dave, and I won't answer questions until later on in the show. So we can concentrate on the task at hand and figuring out how the Steelers could go ahead and salvage this 0-3 season. But with that being said, um, if you feel free that you do have a question later on on the show that you want to go ahead and have answered right away, feel free to do so. You can use our super chat and put any amount that you like. Um, some of the things that we use that for are uh, giveaways. And we have a David DeCastro football giveaway right now. Dave, what's the state of that? 
Uh, the catastrophe football giveaway, we, we had a lot of people eliminated the first two weeks where we had about 55% of everyone left. Didn't lose too many this week. Everybody uh, jumped on the Cowboys bandwagon. And uh, I'm, I was working on those numbers, actually, before I jumped on here to, to get ready to report that out tomorrow. So we, we're still – I'll get the exact numbers. It, it, it'll be on an article probably tomorrow afternoon. But uh, not that many people were eliminated this week. And you're still alive, Dave, right? Uh, yes, I'm still alive. Oh, much better. Yeah, sorry that about sounds, that. Sounds so much better. <laughs> uh, Tony, are you still alive? Actually, in the poll and in in real life. I don't think I actually ever entered the poll. I, I, I think I forgot about it, but uh, I'm alive in life. I, I, I just <laughs> forgot about the poll. I've been working and writing, and I just forgot all about it. So I apologize. I dropped the ball. I jumped Literally. on the Cowboys bandwagon, too. I mean, because, look, you could use a team once, and once you use them, they're gone. So I haven't touched the Patriots yet. I haven't touched uh, – I haven't touched the Chiefs yet. I'm I'm uh, making sure that uh, I try to save those for later. But I didn't save the Cowboys this week because it was uh, the key is to also stay alive too. And uh, sometimes you need to you need to uh, waste those uh, those sure things early. So um, with that being said, I'm still alive. But uh, just wanted to mention that. Uh, so that's a good thing. Now let's turn over to the message at hand, and uh, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tony, I'm going to ask you first, can they salvage the season, or are they done? Well, they can salvage it, but I guess it, it all depends on what you mean by salvage. I mean, if it's, if it's making the playoffs, that's going to be pretty difficult. I think five teams have made it after starting out 0-3 since the 90s, I believe. But I mean, I guess it still can happen. They still have teams left, and they and they've they've only played one AFC game, so there's there's still a chance. But I mean, they they have to find an identity on offense, and it's easier said than done now with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback. But I think a lot of that's on the coaching. I mean, you know, they they tried to to pretty much use the same game plan they did with Rudolph yesterday that they would use if Ben was in there. I mean, we're where was the running game and the play action pass and all the stuff that we talked about last week? It, w it wasn't there yesterday. So I think the coaching staff. Well, maybe that's because and Tony just cut out there. Is it stripes so, if they're going to, uh, if they're going to move forward. We're having a little problem with your uh, connection there, Tony. Um, Dave Schofield, here's the thing. This is something you are that guy and uh, you're the one that uh, checks out things like this. You know, uh, Tony brought up a good point. There's six division games left. Where does that come into play with your entire formula for this team to make the playoffs? Somebody said earlier that uh, on the live chat that if they have a 3% chance to make the playoffs, but you think it's a little higher. And uh, go ahead with that. Well, there's two ways to look at it, and we'll get into the second way more, and that is what do they need to do to improve their play to actually win games? That's the first thing they have to do is to be able to improve and win games. Now, some people feel that even if they do improve, they're not, they still can't make the playoffs because of these statistics, the 0-3. The Steelers are still finding themselves, so we'll get to that. Really, what has happened so far, and I have an article that uh, I'm, I'm just finishing up. I don't know if it'll run tomorrow or the next day. It talks about a clear outline for the path to the playoffs. I know a lot of people felt going into week one, it was a must-win game. 
against the Patriots because they needed to have that win in order to get home field, in order to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not talking about anything in the playoffs. I'm talking about getting there. And the way to get there is you have to win the AFC North. There shouldn't be any talk of wild card or anything like that. You have to win the North. And in order to win the North, here's what you have to do. There are two teams really that that the Steelers will be competing against, and that will, that is realistically the Ravens and the Browns. I'm going to say not the Bengals because the first step in all of this is the Steelers have to win their next game. So if they if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night, that puts the Bengals even further behind them, and then you don't have to worry about them. Does that make sense to you guys? Yes. Okay. So, so it all starts next week. It all starts next week because you've got to win that game. What the Steelers need to do is they need to beat the Bengals twice this year, and they need to, at worst, split with the Ravens and Browns. You cannot lose two games to either the Ravens or the Browns because two losses to the Ravens equals three. It's the two losses themselves, and you would have to be a game ahead of them because of the tiebreaker. So those are the key games going forward. But there's also more to it because – when it came to the division last year, towards the end of the season, when it came to the Steelers and the Ravens, and when it really took over, do you guys know who the key opponent was that most people feel that that was what separated the Steelers? It wasn't when they played each other, but they both played another team, and the outcome of that game is kind of what set the Ravens into the playoffs and the Steelers not. Who do you think that was? Chargers. Absolutely. It was the... I'm going to say San Diego, <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers. When the Steelers lost to the Chargers and then the Ravens beat the Chargers, that was the difference in the season. You've got to look at those kind of games moving forward. The Steelers need to beat every team that either the Browns or the Ravens beat. And every team that beats the Steelers needs to also beat the Browns and Ravens. So unfortunately, Whenever they play later this season, and I, I meant to have those dates exactly. I, they're in my article, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. Exactly when the Ravens and the Browns play the Patriots, we've got to cheer for the Patriots, unfortunately, because that's what needs to happen. Oh, they yeah. need to lose yeah. the games that we lost. We need Seattle and the 49ers to both do us a favor. I saw a 49ers fan in the in the live chat earlier, so I'm telling you now, if you're still out there, we need you all to do us a favor. You need to beat the Ravens. You need to beat the Browns. You've already taken care of the Bengals. If if we lose to the same opponents, we're all on the same level, and it comes back to those division games. So you've kind of got to look at that now. The Steelers have to beat the Dolphins. They have to beat the Cardinals. They have to beat the Jets. Those are all must-win games now. Any team that e- that either the Browns or the Ravens beat either one of them, even if one loses to them, but the other one wins. That's a must-win game for the Steelers. Now, I know there's two different games that each of them have based on schedule, the, the AFC West and the AFC South. So you kind of got to look at those. The Browns already lost to the Titans. So the Steelers play the Colts and the Ravens play the Texans. If the Texans beat the Ravens and the Steelers can beat the Colts at Heinz Field, they just picked up a game on them, on, on both teams, because that's the equivalent game. The Ravens lost to the Chiefs. Steelers don't play the Chiefs. They play the Chargers. 
and the Browns play the Broncos. That's another one of those games that if the Broncos can defeat the Browns and the Steelers can knock off the Chargers, that's another game they just pick up on them. So there's a lot of football to still be played. So the so all this stuff of starting 0-3 and, and the statistical chances of all that, really it doesn't mean anything if you're starting from right now. You've got to win those games, and you need those other teams to knock off um, both the Ravens and the Browns. So there, I've spewed that out there in one great massive soliloquy for you guys. So hopefully that makes sense. First time soliloquy has ever been used on this show. Um, mm-hmm. Tony, can you spell soliloquy? Uh, well, I have a, as you know, I have a head injury, so no. That's <laughs> my excuse. That's my excuse. I don't have a head injury, and I'm not even trying it. Um, so, guys, we're going to play a game now. And uh, the reason we're going to play this game is Dave said something uh, huge first. It's like they got to get the team right first. And that's the bottom line. So we're going to take some key players on the roster. And we're going to say bright spot or dark hole. So uh, and then you can explain why you guys could, you know, go ahead and back up your answer. And so we're going to start. And now this is going to be not just for yesterday's game. But this is going to be for the season and the season ahead. Okay, who could, because the bottom line is we have to rely on somebody going forward to pull us out of this hole. Who is going to be the hero and who is going to be a liability? So uh, bright spot or dark, dark hole. So let's start off with Mason Rudolph. Tony. Oh, he's a, I mean. It's hard to say after after six quarters, but I mean, I think he can he can be a bright spot. I mean, I think we saw that yesterday when, when they when they took the handcuffs off him in the in the in the second half. They let him play more to his strengths instead of being a a, a mini Ben Roethlisberger and you know throwing five yard passes and hoping, you know you know. So I think he 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 can be a strength. He's not you know I don't think he he's not Landry Jones. At least it didn't, it didn't seem that way yesterday. I think he he can absolutely be a strength moving forward. He just needs more help. Dave Schofield. Ditto everything Tony just said. Hey, that's easy. That's that's simple. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bright spot as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. James Conner, Tony. Actually, let's start with Dave. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know that I'd call him a dark hole, but he's definitely not a bright spot right now. So if you have to choose between the two, I guess I'm going to have to go dark and I don't know that it's I don't know that it's him so I think he personally can be a bright spot I just think the way they're using him and the and and the formations they're running and that they ran over 90 percent of their plays out of shotgun again yesterday which I don't know why they did that I I, I think the system has turned him into a dark spot or a dark dark hole or whatever it is um but I think if they would figure out how to use him properly and put him in the best chance with and give the offensive line the best chance to block properly for him, that he could be that bright spot. Tony. 
Oh, he, uh, unfortunately, I think he's a dark hole right now. And, and I agree with Dave. They're not using him properly. He's not a sidecar running back. He's a he's a hand down on the ground kind of running back or whatever. You know, he needs momentum coming to the line of scrimmage. And as far as his fumbling, I mean, uh, he is a fumbler. I mean, no matter how you slice it, James, uh, Le'Veon Bell fumbled eight times in 1,500 touches. And he's already fumbled five times in 300 touches since he became the starter last year in week one. And three of those times are pretty crucial. So I think right now he's a dark hole. You know, um, Chris Lott says uh, Connor would be in that gray area right now. And I know that's uh, kind of a cop-out for me, but I'm actually saying that he's in the gray area um, because of what Dave and Tony said. I think he's been been being used wrong. Can we stop doing that toss sweep? I don't want to see that again. It's not working. Everybody, it's unimaginative. Everybody knows it's coming. I mean, this right now, this is such a generic offense, and uh, and I just don't know what's going on with it. I mean, did the offensive coordinator go down with injury in, in week two? I'm almost thinking that Ben Roethlisberger was our offensive coordinator. I don't know what's going on here. This guy had a chance to open it up. He this is not this is not playing chess this is just uh you know throwing your toys on the floor and and hoping you pick the right ones and you're not um so at this point um i'm not even gonna let you guys answer this one randy feetner dark hole he's not doing very well frank v says fake feetner is a quarterback coach that's exactly what he what he was and he's ben's puppet and hey look i love ben but he's Ben's puppet. Ben was the offensive coordinator of that, that team. And uh, now you're seeing that. So um, we're um, definitely going to say that. I don't know. Well, he's definitely the, a dark hole. I was That was the most disappointing thing of the game yesterday, in my opinion, was the way the offense was, was called and was run. I thought that Feetner had better ideas and things that he could do, but – they had to do the stuff that Ben wanted to do while Ben was there. Well, guess what? Ben wasn't there. And yesterday, I don't know about you guys, but I thought it looked like exactly the same thing. Yeah. It, it was more creative in the second half against Seattle than it was yesterday. So my question is, what, is he really Ben's puppet or were, or is I don't know if he's Ben's puppet or that's exactly who he was. And that's why he was hired because he was doing what Ben wanted, not only because he did what Ben wanted, but that is who he is, meaning he doesn't know anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's still trying to keep doing the same thing, even without Ben and trying to, to run this offense. Like it's Ben trying to say that Mason Rudolph is going to be Ben and do the same things as Ben is crazy. You got to oh. let Mason be Mason. Because Ben is Ben. No one else can be Ben. Let Mason be Mason and put the tools out there and put them in the right situations to where Mason can be Mason and succeed. I mean, that's like when Ben Roethlisberger went down and uh, all of a sudden Michael Vick was the quarterback uh, three or four years ago in 2015. And you can't run the same place. Todd, ha Todd Haley was not running the same plays with Michael Vick. Um, but, but this is what's happening. These are two different quarterbacks and you're just playing them the same way. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's illogical. I just don't understand. 
Um, and that's all I'm going to say there. Offensive line. Let's start with Dave Schofield here. Why? Because I put an article out about it today. No, because um, I just thought it was your turn, but I guess it is. It is. Well, <laughs> I'm just, I did put an article out today. I'm like, where has the offensive line gone? My goodness. This was supposed to be the strength and it's become possibly their biggest weakness right now. So they are definitely a, a, a dark hole. They, I, I, I don't, everyone wants to say, oh, now we see how much we miss Munchak. I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm really not. I don't, both the players and former players and everyone ringing endorsements for Sean Surrett. Give him a little bit more time. I don't know if it's figuring each other out. I don't know if it's that they're putting them in a bad situation because they're not getting any, I talked about it in my article today, they're not on the run plays, they're not getting any surge, meaning they're not getting any push down the field. You're, you're seeing that the line is being held stationary. But a lot of times in some of these newfangled offenses, that's how you do it in a, in a run pass option. That, you, that the linemen aren't asked to drive the defense down the field. You're supposed to just hold them in place so that way it could be a pass or you're just trying to open up a, enough of a hole for a run. That's not, that's not what's worked for the Steelers running in the past. You need to get these guys pushing down the field to where the hole is being opened two or three yards down the field. So then you're getting that far and then you're hitting the hole. It's just not, I don't know if they're older uh, I'm, I mean, Matt Filer's 27 and he's the youngest. The Castro is going to turn 30 in, in January and he's the next youngest. Um, maybe that's it. I don't know, but they're, they're like the deep, dark, darkest hole that the team has right now. Tony, you get a new boss at work that, uh, that already worked with you and he gets a promotion. Um, and you loved your old boss. Are you going to come out and say, Tony, are you going to say, well, I, I really miss the old boss and uh, I don't think this guy's going to do a good job? No, you're not going to say that, are you? No, especially if the if, if, if you already know the, the your new boss and, 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 and this line has three pro bowlers on it. So, you know, everything that Munchak taught them over the last few years, they should, already, they should still know. They should still implement those techniques. So I don't think that's the issue. I don't think that's the issue at all. I think the issue is the RPO, you know, like, like Dave said, they're not, they, they can't be aggressive r running the ball. If, if they have to, you know, play the run, run pass option, if they have to uh, block that way. So I think that's, that's the issue. And you, you saw yesterday, uh, regardless of, of the, 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 the RPO, when they, when they did pass protect big Al uh, didn't look very good and, and needed him that far. They both looked horrible yesterday. And, and, and that's another thing with, with, uh, with, how they were having Mason Rudolph uh, play yesterday. They're, they're having him sit back there like, like he's been trying to wait for guys to get open when they should be trying to uh, do um, timing patterns, t timing passes with, with him. Cause that's what young quarterbacks are usually good at. So I I'm saying that this line is definitely a black hole right now. You know what? You, you know what? I appreciate that guys, but I'm, I don't do this often, but I'm going to be proud to do this right now. You're both wrong. I disagree completely with you. Here's the thing. The office was great when Steve Carell was on the show and Michael Scott was the manager. Then Ed Helms becomes the manager. Good actor, but not a leading man. Mike Munchak was the leading man and led those guys. Now, how could they have that much of a drop-off in one year? I just don't see it. Guys, I really just don't see it. And I have a buddy of mine who I don't even want to give him credit for it. 
because he's been saying this all along. But he's like, you could actually see how much they missed Mike Munchak in the second half of the Carolina preseason game because those players didn't look look ready to play at all in the offense. And they just are – they Mr. Leader, guys, I really think Mike Munchak being gone is a huge deal for this team. I would have never said that a few weeks ago. Now I'm really seeing it. If you have three pro bowlers and they can't block anybody right now, Pouncey doesn't even look good. Pouncey's not going to be named all pro or to the pro bowl this year. Um, And right now, I don't even know if I could give that to DeCastro. And the rock that Alejandro Villanueva was the last three or four years He's nowhere to be seen, and I know uh, I know they're getting older, but that's a huge drop off in just nine months. I'll be honest with you, Denver's offensive line is looking terrible. Well, so they, uh, <laughs> I mean, worse than yeah, last year. Yeah, and but the- so. I mean, sometimes it's not even it's not even how good of a coach you are; it's being in the right fit. And I just think but that Denver was a really three pro bowlers. Yeah, but well, here's the question: Do they have three pro, pro bowlers without Mike Munchak? Is Alejandro Villanueva a pro bowler without Mike Munchak? We did did the coach make the players or the players make the cut? Coach, but I think I think we'll we can agree know. that <laughs> I think we can agree that Pouncey and DeCastro are, are pro bowlers, regardless of who their position coach is. So I don't know what their what their deal is this year. Yeah. Well, okay, I, we will go ahead and uh, agree to. Uh, to uh, not not agree on that one, so we're going to disagree. Um, I uh, maybe it's the fact that uh, if I could quote Ron Chess here, Boza made Villanueva look terrible. Um, are we missing Rosie Nix too much? Are we missing that tight end position? It's the, they didn't use it all the time, but the running game is not getting going whatsoever. Is it Rosie? I mean, is it Rosie Nix or is that just insignificant? Tony, go ahead, Tony. I just think they're not they're not they're not sticking with it long enough. I mean, they're running it once or twice, and then they're giving up on it every series. I mean, I think you have to make a concerted effort. Like yesterday, the very first drive after they get that turnover, three quick passes. Why not try? Why not try the running game right there? Why not try Connor once or twice and see what happens and see if you can open up some holes for him early, and and then and then start passing the ball. I, I just I, they're not sticking with it. I think they're they're getting out of it uh, far too quickly, and and it it goes back to to a uh, uh, Victor. Uh, calling the plays like Ben's in there and not a, a, a young quarterback like Mason Rudolph. Okay, he's injured, but bright spot, dark hole, Vance McDonald. And what's the story with him, Dave Schofield? I was going to say, can I say something about Roosevelt Nix first? Oh, yeah, I guess I uh, I dropped the ball on that. <laughs> well, because uh, – and I'm going to tie this back in with McDonald and what I'm going to say with Nick. So this this is good. The Steelers didn't use the fullback the first game, but we don't know how early Knicks was Knicks was injured. We know it wasn't, you know, right before halftime, he was out on the field for that fourth down play, and then Ben called timeout and switched the formation. The problem is, I, it comes back to, I don't think James Conner is a shotgun running back. I think the best player on the team that's a shotgun running back is Jalen Samuels, and they didn't hand him the ball one time on Sunday. Not so so there, I mean, he was on the field, but he did not get a single carry. I mean, right. most of the time they put him out um, as a receiver. So I just feel like they're not really using their personnel in the best way that they're that they're made. Now, if you really want to run Connor effectively, 
even running out of under center, even without a fullback, he was successful last year. They actually weren't as successful with a fullback because they would bring the extra players into the box. But yesterday they had all those extra players in the box, whether there was a fullback or not. They were using a fullback the last two games. They were using Xavier Grimble as the fullback, which was what I thought made the most sense. But once Vance McDonald gets injured, Grimble's having to play tight end, and then that was even out the window. So that's how we can tie Roosevelt Nix into Vance McDonald. And that is McDonald is great when he's available, but that really hurt losing him yesterday. But part of that was he was wide open on that pass and Rudolph overthrew him and he took the shot and got knocked out of the game. All right. So that's most of the offense, but the wide receivers. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and let's do rapid fire here. Um, We're going to go ahead and start with Tony Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's a gray area right now. He's not He's not playing like a number one. Dave Schofield, is Juju not getting open? What's the problem here? Uh, the, I, 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 I blame scheme more than his ability. I say he's the bright spot, but it's it's Fickner's dark hole that's not allowing him to do his thing as much. Dave Schofield, James Washington. Um, he's a gray area. Tony, why is James Washington a gray area? Or do you disagree? I think it's a gray area because I don't think they're, he's not in there enough. It's, it's hard to say if he's getting open or not because he's not, they're not putting him in there nearly enough for what he did in the preseason. Tony, Deontay Johnson. Oh, he's a bright spot. I mean, he's one of the few players I'm excited about after three games. He looks really good. He, I mean, look, I was impressed with the touchdown, but I was more impressed with, with the uh, moves he put on that, on that um uh, third down conversion in the first half. He looked like, dare I say, Antonio Brown. So uh, he's definitely a bright spot. Dave Schofield, you're starting to get a man crush on Deontay Johnson now, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We give, Dave, we give Dave heck because of uh, draft night. But uh, tell us about Deontay Johnson uh, real quick. Um, what, what's the bright spot about him? The bright spot about him is he's played three NFL games. As long as we are keeping that in perspective, that what you normally get from a rookie wide receiver, he's exceeding that right now. So as long as you keep it in that context, he's definitely a bright spot. You know, uh, back in the summer, we were uh, talking about all the draft picks. We did over and unders, what we expected out of these guys. Um, We thought 30 30 catches and a four-touchdown season would be great for uh, Deontay Johnson. I think he's going to surpass that. Uh, Yes or no, Tony? It looks like he is right now. I think he's going to be the uh, the starting or the number two receiver for the foreseeable future. So, uh, I mean, if, if they can get uh, their passing game on track, if they can get the, the offense as a whole on, on track, I think he, he can definitely surpass that. Dave Schofield. Yeah, I mean, well, if you break it down into quarters, so uh, granted he's still got one game left, he's got one touchdown in the first quarter. So you would say he's definitely going to get four. So, but who knows? Now that he's getting more playing time, I, th- I I could see him definitely going over that. Let's quickly go to the defense. Uh, Tony, the defensive line. Um, name the brightest spot on that defensive line. Oh, that's easy. Stefan Tuitt. He looks like uh, he's playing better than he, than he ever has. I mean, he looks like Joe Green, early 1970s. So he's a bright Dave, spot for sure. 
Dave, what what has Stefan Tua done to make a huge jump from last year to this year? It is blatantly obvious what he's done. He's gotten healthy. I like that. That's true. Tua is uh, um, about a year and a half ago. The day I bought the infamous BJ Finney pants, I met Stefan Tua, mm. and that guy. And I'm uh, I'm a pretty big dude, and uh, wide, not tall. And um, his, let's put it this way, his arms are bigger than my legs. That's all you got to say. Mm-hmm. That guy, I have a picture of my profile pic is of me next to him. And he is just a monster among men, but a sweetheart of a guy. I, I absolutely love stuff onto it. And I'm glad he is having the year he's having. Um, what's the dark spot on the, off, on the defensive line right now? Uh, let's start with Dave. Oh, um, both, both Hargrave and, and Hayward are just kind of getting caught up in traffic a lot, if you know what I mean. And maybe it's that they're getting more of the traffic and that's why Tua's able to do what he's able to do. But, um, sometimes I don't want to blame Javon Hargrave for not, not exceeding the expectations coming into the season right now, because sometimes you just don't understand what players are asked to do like when outside linebackers in the past were were ridiculed for not getting enough sacks when people weren't noticing that they were dropping into coverage so much Javon Hargrave was called for a defensive holding in the game which meant he his job was to take on two defenders in order to try to free up linebackers so if that's what he's being asked to do he might be doing a very good job the problem is we don't know what the calls are so it makes it a lot more difficult. The, when I played football, and I was more of an offensive lineman but than a defensive lineman, but when I played on defense, that's what I played. A lot of times your job wasn't to make the tackle. It wasn't to get to the quarterback. Your job was to occupy blockers so other people could make plays. And if that's the case, then I don't want to jump on them if they're doing their job in that way. Dave, did you snarl at people when you played on defense? No, I smiled at them. I was the that. gentle giant. I was told that my problem was I wasn't mean enough. That's why I played more offense because I looked at it analytically as it's my job to not let you do this. So I'm going to block you. So on defense, I guess I just wasn't mean enough. Tony, have you ever played organized football? Yeah, when I was 12, I was. They tried to make me a tight end because I have pretty really good hands, but I was I just didn't know the patterns at that age. That's what I, I was a tight end and a linebacker, but I wasn't really good at either one of those. You know what, uh, Tony? Would have you been a dirty player if you had to? Oh no, I'm more. I'm. I'm definitely an offensive player. I'm not a. I'm not a defensive guy at all. I don't. I would definitely be a, a trash talker. though. there's no doubt about that. But I wouldn't be a dirty player. No. Of the three of us here, who do you think would be the dirtiest player? Oh, that's you by far. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you would. You would bite someone's ankle if it meant that you could. It would give give you an advantage. Come on. When I played uh, at. In, in Richland in 7th and 8th grade in Johnstown, PA, NAP, 1963. I see you, buddy. I see you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, when, I, when I played for the American Outfitter Eagles in 1983 and 1984 at Hurlinger Field in Richland, do you think I was a dirty player and a trash talker? I was an 80-pound nose tackle, and yes, I was. <laughs> That's what I played. I played in 84 uh, while we played at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, they they tried me at every position. I really couldn't master any of them. That's uh, <laughs> so, guys. Let's uh, let's go on to the rest of the defense here, and we're just gonna go linebackers. I want you to pull out a uh, one bright spot on linebackers, all of them, and one dark hole. Starting with Tony Defio. Oh, it's obviously. I mean, a bright spot's T.J. Watt. I mean, he's he's playing like a like a at an all-pro level the first three games. I mean, you saw how disruptive he was yesterday, and he you know, he recovered a fumble. He caught, you know he had a, a, a interception to start the game. You know, um, as far as uh, Dark Hole, it's definitely definitely Mark Barron. I mean, they brought him in here to do things like cover tight ends out. You know, on third and long and what did he do on the most crucial third and third down yesterday he held george kittle so i think he's definitely a dark hole and he's not i mean they're they're not instilling any any confidence in me that they can go out and sign free agencies last couple years or just you know him and morgan burnett and dante moncrief it's just been an ugly scene dave do you want to go with tony's answers or do you want to you want to change this uh when it comes to baron yesterday was bad but I don't think he was that bad the first two games. He just seemed off yesterday. I don't know what it was. He just – I don't know if they were asking him to do something different or or I, I don't know. It just He just didn't seem like he was quite the same player. Even even his effort at times um, just following plays um, was off a little bit. But the problem was neither one of those guys were run stoppers. You know, believe it or not, as much as people want to see him play, you know, not not get the playing time. Vince Williams being out really hurt against the run, but Tony's right um, with the when it comes to the bright spot. So sorry, I said so much. What? But what about your uh, your uh, dark hole? Who are we going with here? Um, I guess based on that, you probably have to say out of the linebackers it would be Barron. You don't want to throw Bush out there. Man, on run plays, I just see him getting pushed around because of his size, um, both Bush and Barron. So that makes it really tough. Do you, you know, it, it's so hard to get that run stopper and pass defender at linebacker. And if you don't have it, then you're just guessing what the other team's doing. And you end up in a situation like against the Chargers where you're putting John Bostick on Keenan mm-hmm. Allen because you guess they're going to run, which is completely, which they weren't going to run. That was dumb. But regardless, just mm-hmm. the fact that you guessed, even though it was a bad guess, even when you make a good guess, you're still they could still make you be wrong based on the personnel you have out there. So I, I'm saying the dark hole is, is the small linebackers when it comes to the run. Okay, Tony Duffio, one-word answer, Bud Dupree. Uh, or two-word. Um, disappointed. Okay. Disappointing. Dave Schofield. Consistently inconsistent. Wow. Okay, so... I mean, I he'll, he'll get a great play three or four times a game, and then you won't see him the rest of the time. I thought you guys were going to go with a, uh, a bright spot or a dark hole on that one, and I probably thought Bud would get dark hole. I keep thinking this guy's going to come around. Maybe he's just not. Um, so, guys... Safety. Corner. Duh, look, bright spot. We're not going Minko Fitzpatrick. We know it. 
We know it. Anybody that's complaining about a uh, losing a fifth round pick, I mean, excuse me, a first round pick next year and a possible top five pick. Look, you. It looks like you got a guy that played top five yesterday. So let's just keep it at that. We can debate that all day, um, but really good. So let's look at the defensive backs now. Just take one of those guys. You've got. It's between three. We're just going to talk about three of these. Nelson, Edmonds, and Hayden. Who's first? <laughs> Tony, go ahead. Uh, well, I think I'm, I'm, uh, Hayden's definitely a bright spot. I mean, he hasn't played that great, but he hasn't, he's been pretty solid. And same with Nelson. Edmonds, he's a, he's a dark hole right now. He hasn't shown anything in, in a year and a half. Who is the biggest problem, Dave Schofield, on defense in the secondary? Oh, it's it's Edmonds, and I don't know that it's him. It might be in the it might be the spots they're putting him in. You know, I I think they're putting him in difficult situations that he shouldn't be put in, um, or it might be teams taking advantage of him because he is definitely that because he's that dark hole. But when it comes to Nelson, he didn't have as strong as a game yesterday as he had the first two, but he's still a a, a nice bright spot. After three games, Dave Schofield, team MVP. <laughs> team MVP. You know, who, the, who I think it'll be or who I would or who I would call it? No, who you call it. That's <laughs> that's that's interesting. Um see, because the guys that are doing doing bright things then you kind of disappeared due to injury or other reasons. Like Vance McDonald looked really good last week and he gets hurt this week. I, I think if you give me three more games, it's going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. He just doesn't have enough in the first three games because he only played one, but what he, when he played was great. So overall, okay, let, let, I'll jump in here. Okay. How about we, how about we do it this way then? <laughs> Who is the most untouchable guy on defense right now? And then Tony, you can do most untouchable guy on offense. The most important. Dave. Oh, it's, I think it's now Fitzpatrick. It was TJ okay. Watt and now it's Fitzpatrick. Um, so I would put them as a one A and one B. They're both right there. I'm going to it on defense right now. Fitzpatrick, oh, just not enough of sample size, but I, I think he's going to be the guy. I think you have a lot of heart and souls on that defense brewing. Um, I think it's to it. I think it's Watt. I think it's Bush and I think it's Fitzpatrick. And, uh, I think those are going to, those are all going to be pro bowl leaders in the future. Um, we need a little more time on Bush. Um, Tony offense. Oh, it's Juju. Juju. The, uh, the, the offense is going to have to flow through him. He's, he's going to have to be the number one target. He, I think he has to learn to be that number one guy. And I think Mason Rudolph certainly needs him to be that. And I think he's going to be it. I think he has what it takes to be a number one receiver. He just hasn't really gotten there yet. And he needs to figure out how to do that without number 84 on the other side. You know who I thought Dave Schofield was going to say um, overall, but I told him defense. Um, I thought one of his MVPs was going to be Chris Boswell and Jordan Berry for co-MVP. Guys, those guys have been pretty good this year. Matt O'Grady is still mad at Boswell. I appreciate that that fact, Matt. Um, I I feel very confident that, uh, that Boswell has gotten out of his black hole that he was in. Um, but uh, let's knock on some wood on that. Instead of wood, let's go with the old melon there. Um, 
But as far as that, we got to put somebody on this team. We've got to put the blame on it on somebody. And it's not going to be coaching. We're not. We're just not talking coaching right now. We're talking about players. And and right now, who is the biggest liability on this football team right now? I'm not trying to be negative, but I just want to know who is the biggest liability. I'm going to start with Tony. Oh, I think. Well, I don't know if it's because how he's being used, but I think it's uh, right now. It's 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 James Conner. I think that the offensive, you know. He's not he's not uh, running the ball, and I don't know if it's the offensive line, but they're they're he's just not they're kind of running the same kind of back he was last year. Dave Schofield. Boy, well, um, <laughs> it's hmm, man, that's that's I I don't know what to say. That was that one's so tough because I mean, I hate to say the biggest liability is probably your biggest unknowns, so therefore. Man, I don't know. I mean, Moncrief was the easy answer, but then they made sure they didn't, you know, they had him inactive. Switcher got zero snaps on offense. So they're trying to take care of other things that they felt were liabilities, but yet nothing really helped. So um, I'm just going to have to agree with Tony. Yeah, 97 yards in three games. It's, not, it's just not going to cut it. Somebody yeah. they pointed that out on, in the chat. I'm going Terrell Edmonds. Dave Schofield, in your heart of hearts, James Conner, can he fix this, or is this a lost season for James? <laughs> I think it can be fixed. I think he needs help with putting him in good situations to run. So it's not lost for Conner um, unless he's not going to be used properly. Tony. Oh, yeah, he can. I mean, he has the ability. I mean, I think he has the, there's no question he has the physical ability. But like Dave said, he has to be put in, in proper positions. He has to be, you you know, running backs, any any running back will tell you they need reps. And he's not getting it. What, he had 13 carries yesterday. And how many has he had? How many has he averaged over the first three games? He needs to be put in better position, especially now when you have a, a young quarterback in there. You have to rely on him. He's a Pro Bowl running back. So, I think he, you know, he can get it together, but he has to. He needs the right, the proper coaching to get it together. Who would you rather see as a change of pace, Tony Defio, Betty Snell Jr., Jalen Samuels? Oh, I, I like I like Samuels a lot. I think he's such a versatile running back, and he's such a versatile weapon. And why he didn't get any any touches yesterday is beyond me. But I, I definitely rather see him based on what he did last year. David Arthur Schofield. <laughs> Nowhere close. <laughs> okay, well, I was, I was just guessing. So what, wrong, what wrong end of the alphabet. Um, Tony is correct. Zeke, David Zeke Schofield? Mm-hmm. No. no. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out another time. Um, actually, that's our next contest. Let's rename Dave Schofield with the middle name. Um, you can win a... a a signed, no, I don't know. Oh, come um, on. It's, I'm, I'm, my middle name is, is the same name as both um, an, an iconic quarterback and a Hall of Fame defensive lineman. Howie? Deacon? Nope. Deacon. <laughs> nope. Okay, wrong end of the alphabet. I don't know. I, Someone in the live chat will get it. Uh, I think you would be a good Zeke, actually. Uh, Ryan O'Toole at least had his right starting letter. Z, no, it's not. Oh, Z. Wendell William, no. Come on, no. iconic, iconic quarterback, and Hall of Fame defensive lineman. I think he's Hall of Fame. If not, he White. Won't. First name. Walter. 
No, that's Walter Payton. I, I don't know. <laughs> really? <laughs> nope. Okay, Moving just, on. Just tell us. Warren. Uh, huh? Warren. I, I never would have guessed Moon that in a million years. Come on. All right, oh, I wow. well, let's kick. Uh, let's just do this. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh no! I, how do I kick Dave off? There. He, oh no! Okay, I guess it's just not going to work. We we have to keep Dave. Um, David, somebody, uh, somebody said Reginald. You would uh, that that'd be good. David Reginald Schofield. Hey, wait, wait, where'd he go? <laughs> there he is. Oh, sorry, I had to kick uh, I myself out. I was just out. kidding. We, we value. I, I, we value. I had a two-second timeout. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, so let's fix this before we go to the live chat and uh, and take questions. So start thinking of your questions. We're going to do a, uh, a five-minute question and answer session. Tony Defio, how are the Steelers going to fix this? What are your three keys? Well, I think you have to, you have to find a way to have a sustainable offensive uh, drives. I mean, the first three games, they haven't had any offense whatsoever. I think number two, you have to find a way to uh, uh, close out games in the fourth quarter, you know. And, and I think number three, you have to find a way to put Mason Rudolph in a better position to 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 win. He's not Ben Roethlisberger, and Randy Fichter needs to know that. He needs to realize it's, that anyway. Dave Schofield, Tony's were really good. Um, yeah, the offense that we need to get the defense off the field. Not just them get off the field by by ending drives, but we need to keep them off the field by sustaining our own. The longest drive the Steelers had yesterday was five minutes and fifty-five seconds. It was they only had two drives that lasted longer than two minutes. They had eleven drives, two minutes or less off the clock. You can't do that to your defense. You can't have almost thirteen minutes difference of time of possession. So the defense needs to be off the field, both by the, by their, by themselves and the offense doing that. You need to stop doing the same thing over and over again and show some innovation. Okay. And then thirdly, players have to win individual matchups. If you can't win your individual matchups, you're not going to win. It's still, although it's a team game, it takes everybody winning their matchup. You could have, Five offensive linemen and two tight ends in there blocking seven guys. It only takes one guy to not win their matchup for the play to go nowhere. So guys just have to dig down and win. All right. That's really good. Let's hope they can go ahead and do that. Um, my three keys, play better, play better, coach better. Um so that's really what I've got to say. I think these guys could do it. I, I was talking to my dad tonight, and I said, you know, and I, I like to quote Jeff Hartman. Um, he's kind of like our all-knowing Yoda, but he wouldn't know what that means because um, he's never mm -hmm. seen Star Wars. But um, so I, I said, I'm like, I said, Dad, Jeff Hartman and I kind of agree that I still have a gut feeling this team goes to the playoffs. So one word answer, yes or no, Tony. Is this team going to the playoffs? Yes. Dave Schofield. <sighs> no. I, I still think that there's some kind of weird possibility in that division that it could happen. And Dave Schofield, if you haven't didn't see the beginning of the show, he kind of mapped it out. Uh, Tony helped map it out, too, how it's possible. So let's just hold out hope. Let's ask... Uh, ask some questions here. We're going to do about a five-minute um, question and answer session. We're going to start with 4TL Music Group. 
guys, what about Norvin Marvin Lewis next year as coordinators? Tony, rapid fire, go. Uh, Norv Turner, I'm not so sure about Marvin Lewis. I, I wouldn't be opposed to. Dave Schofield. Um, I'd like to see something new, but I just have to say, sorry, it's not rapid fire. So many people would almost would rather see the Steelers lose just to have them replace coaches. You're going to be disappointed because it doesn't mean that they're going still going to replace the coaches. Um, I don't think Feekner's going anywhere as long as Ben's possibly going to play. So don't get your hopes up with that. Okay, so I'm going to – this is not a question. I'm just going to bring this up real quick. Matt O'Grady, Jalen is so underutilized. And that leads into this question from our good friend Ron Chess, Brian, Tony, Dave. Should Samuels be used as a safety valve for Rudolph? Dave Schofield, go. He can be. There's a lot of things they could use, um, and I don't know that they're really helping him with any of them. Tony. But that's a good possibility. Oh, absolutely. He should be. I mean, that's why that's what, is, you know, he is that kind of running back. He's the guy you can go to out of the backfield. Why, you know, why wouldn't a young quarterback want a, a, a first throw running back? You can throw a, a football to five yards down the field. Yeah, definitely. And Jim, we trust says you three idiots liability. This is not the first time I've been called an idiot. So rapid fire, Tony, first time you've been called an idiot. First time this hour. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Schofield. Um, I usually call myself that too many times whenever I like stub my toe or trip over toys or something like that or, has or anybody, pull a hamstring trying to kick kick a field goal. I call myself an idiot. Has, has anybody ever called you an idiot recently? I'm sure. People don't say stuff like that to my face. I'm too large and intimidating. Uh, you know what? For me, I mean, I actually don't mind being called an idiot. I don't um, either. Remember, didn't the Phillies, the 93 Phillies, call themselves that? I actually thought I that thought was, that was uh, the Red Sox with, oh, with the Red Johnny Davis. But the Phillies. And, um, oh, who was the – I can't remember. Who was the other bearded guy? I don't remember. That's baseball. Forget about it. So, I mean, look, I mean, I will they make the playoffs? Probably not. But I've just got this gut feeling that something weird is going to happen with this team. Um, they could party like it's 1989. I know they were 0-3 that year, 0-2. But uh, there you go. Any more questions? Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, not seeing a whole lot of questions. Do the Steelers have a true leader for this team? Ask our Aussie buddy from way down under, Mark Davison. Let's start with Dave. Yeah, I think I think Marquise Pouncey and Cam Hayward are the are the locker room guys that lead this. So they need to stop just taking all the blame on themselves and rally everybody together. Tony. Oh yeah, definitely Marquise and Cam, but you have a lot of you have some young guys that need to step and be, I'm sorry, step up and be leaders too, like Juju and TJ Watt, you know, people like that. I mean, they're these are the these guys are the future of the team. James Conner has great leadership ability. So these guys all have to rise up and and uh, uh and, and be leaders and, and get them through this uh, tough time. Tony, help out our good friend LK McCray. Why is Switzer on the fifty-three? Well, I, I, mean, I think it's like we talked about in the summer. It's because Ben Ben likes him. You know, they have a good rapport. But I mean, uh, why is he on there now? I don't know because Ben's not going to be around the rest of the year, so maybe he won't be around much longer. 
Dave. I don't know. He got zero offensive snaps yesterday. So yeah. that make that just makes me wonder when you're Ben's guy, you're Ben's guy, and he's really not showing much more. Captain Underpants asks, are we as bad as the 0-3 record suggests, or is this growing pains? Dave. This is growing pains because you got to remember. Um Right now, the three losses the Steelers have that those teams now granted it's because they have three wins over the Steelers, their combined record is eight and one. The only team any of those guys have any of those teams they've lost to it, it, they, that they've lost to was the New Orleans Saints beat Seattle yesterday. That's it. So it's not like they were playing bad teams. Okay, speaking of growing pains, Tony. Did you like the show Growing Pains that ran from 1985 to 1992, starring the incomparable Alan Thicke? Actually, I never really watched that. I, I was more of an NBC kind of guy growing up. I never really watched ABC other than Three's Company. Loved me some Three's Company, but loved me some Growing Pains. Okay, guys, Dallas Quinley asks, should we be watching the games drunk from now on? Dave? Um, that's not my bag of tea uh, bag of tea doesn't even make sense that's not my bag of chips but uh my question is if that is yours my i want to know why how come it, you haven't been the last three um <laughs> because you would have had enough reason with them tony have you ever gotten bombed out of your mind watching the steelers oh yeah yeah <laughs> i went to a game one time back in 06 and and uh and we were playing beer pong beforehand, and I don't remember the game at all. I know they beat the Bucs. It was like 20 to 3, but I don't remember any of it. And I think at one point I sat in the entirely wrong – in a different section, and somebody told me to get out of their seat. So, but December 3rd, 2006, my birthday, actually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, there, well, there you go. It's fate. Brought <laughs> us together. Grayson like Brown asks, is the coaching staff holding this team back? Tony, yes or no? Uh, no, no. You can always say that when you're 0-3. I don't think that's the case. Dave? Yeah, I think they are. Um, I don't like to complain about the coaches or say they need fired. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the coaches, um, they need to actually coach to try to win and not to try to keep their jobs. I feel like sometimes it's almost a little bit too safe and not too innovative enough because they're worried about keeping their jobs more than doing a great job. Okay. Rapid fire. My buddy, uh, Reginald Rivers asked, will Keith Butler be fired? Dave. No, they don't fire them. What they do is they just don't renew their contract. And this is the last year of his contract. So I have, a, if he was going to be fired, it would have been last year. Tony. What Dave said. Perfect sense. Cree, our good buddy Kreek has asked, who will be the first team we beat? Tony and Dave say it simultaneously. Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> that wasn't quite simultaneous, but we'll take it. Um, did I uh, Grayson Brown ask, is this coaching staff holding this team back? Tony. Uh, well, I already said uh, I already said uh, uh, no, but I like Dave's answer, so I'm going to say yes, but not. They don't deserve to be fired. How's that? Um, Dave. Yeah. Okay. This is one of our good friends of the show. Kathy Ford asks, and she throws in $2 for Alka Seltzer gold, favorite hangover remedy. Uh, Dave, I mean, I, I don't think you're much of a drinker, but, uh, 
what would be your uh, idea of a good hangover remedy? Um, I that's that's different. I, I don't know. I've like I say, it's not that I would ever drink. It's just between a combination of being a very large person, I would have to consume an awful lot in order to get to that state. So I've never really needed one. Tony, you've been hungover, I'm sure. Um, um, go ahead. What's what do you think? I've never. I mean, I, I've I've certainly had a lot of bad nights, but I've never really had that next day where you're where you have a massive headache and you can't eat anything and you can't turn the lights on. So I don't really have one. I never really had a problem with that. Knock on wood. Re- really interesting. Um, I have. Uh, I don't, I don't really get, you know, my wife's never seen me drunk and it's not that I'm opposed to it. I'm just a Coca-Cola guy um, and a Dr. Pepper guy just because that's just who I am. But uh, I, I just would stay in bed if I had a hangover back in college and, uh, you know, kind of, that's why that 1.7, that grade point average, that one, that one semester. So uh, uh, Rita asks, uh, Rita R. Rose, is Cam okay? Any info on him? Um, I. What about Cam Hayward, Dave? I don't know that he actually did come back because I don't know he had the opportunity, but from my understanding was he had his helmet ready to go to head back into the game at the end. So that's why he was even mentioned in the post-game press conference. He's He's fine. So, guys, um, Nap nineteen sixty three wants to know why is Shade Tree on the fifty three? Start with Dave. Because it's hard to find a pure nose tackle, and they still haven't win him. But it's he was their best option for if they needed another nose. Okay, we're only gonna do uh, one guy for one guy for question now, Tony. Do you think we should still use a roster spot for Rosie Nix? I like him, but doesn't seem as the posi- position is that valuable in today's game. Uh, yes, they should still use. I mean, because they they have used him in in the past, and I, I don't think they're gonna. He's he's a valuable player on special teams and fullback. He's not just a fullback; he's a great special teams player. So yes. Dave, which defense is the better scheme, three four or four three? And do we have the personnel to run a four three? And that is asked by ninety eight six seven one X. We have the personnel for a three four. That's just the way we are right now. Um, in essence, in essence, anymore, everything is more of a four two sub package. Um, so it's not really that much of a difference. When you get into nickel and dime, it's basically the base defense, which they hardly use. Dave, let's go ahead and and uh, put in Jim. We trust in timeout. Um, <laughs> I'll get there. I'm kind of tired of his comments, and I'm. We usually don't say that out loud, but wow. Um, and I'm not afraid to do that. Um, what is the chance Vince Williams gets back on the field this week, Dave? Uh, we won't have any idea until even Thursday this week because everything's pushed back a, a day. And that is uh, asked by Joseph Giardello, a.k.a. Jello. That's that's a cool nickname. I like that. Um, as far as that goes, I know we have a lot a lot more questions. Uh, gosh, you guys are really rocking it out tonight. Um, love it. Um, 
Ron Chess wants to have a cup of tea with Dave. That's really nice. Um, I'm a tea drinker too because I've I have a uh, my my family my wife's family loves tea. So um, should the Steelers give Gentry a shot at tight end? Asked Mark Tobin as a starter. Tony, what do you think? They might not have a choice. I mean, they don't. I mean, it all depends on on Vance, and you don't you're not getting anything out of Grimble. So who knows by season's end the way it's going now that they, they very well could. Desmond Barnes asked Dave, do you think Austin will be the next defensive coordinator? Uh, I think he kind of is right now. Well, I tell you what, um, have we seen Mark Davidson wants to know? Have, did Burns play in the third game at all? I I think Burns has hardly played at all. Tony, yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him at all. I didn't see him at all yesterday. I don't remember seeing him at all. All righty, um, Bill Davis, not my dad. My dad is Bill Davis, but not this Bill Davis. Are the Steelers living up to our blue collar mentality? Let's start with Dave. Um, no. Dallas asked, will we see Moncrief again, Tony? Uh, not not for the next few weeks, I don't think, no. Rich Dallas asked, is Lance the GOT, LOL? I believe GOT means greatest of all time. I'm going to answer that. I'm just going to say yes. Hmm. And Dave Schofield, I think you'll jump in and, and uh, say Lance is the uh, BTSC GOAT also, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ron Chess says that uh, Burns was in kickoff cut, uh, coverage. Um, this is the last question we're going to take, and um, it is going to be from Dallas again. Will Mason get better at interviews? <laughs> Dave Schofield. Um, they all get better in time. <laughs> yeah. Tony, who was better at interviews, Landry Jones or Mason Rudolph? Well, I feel like Landry Jones' first interview when he when he said, "I I can't believe I got in the game and played." So uh, <laughs> that, that was the greatest answer, one of the greatest answers, answers I've ever seen. Yeah, so. you know, you know, he didn't know he was going to get in and play in that Arizona game um, back in 2015 because he wore the worst flannel shirt possible. It looks like he's like he's like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not getting near the podium, so I'll just put on the shirt I slept in. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, I was going to wrap everything up, but we have a $2 question here. Let's bring it up. Andrew, why do the Steelers keep playing Edmonds? I mean, Dave Schofield, he's the number one pick. Um, who are you going to replace him with? You just answered the question. Yeah, he's the best option they have. He might be struggling a little bit, but I don't think he's beyond all hope. He just needs to keep learning, and they need to put him in better situations. One last question. This is from me, Tony. Minka Fitzpatrick, great trade or too much of a risk? Oh, it's a great trade. It's a great trade, but here's the thing. Like I read about last week, people are, are being rational about it now. Okay, he's he's your first round pick next year, but they're not going to be so rational if it's a if it's a if they if they could have had a top five pick next year, which you know. Whatever, I don't think it's gonna. It wouldn't bother me, but it's gonna bother a lot of people if they have a high pick and they and they can't address a major need. Dave Schofield, if you had a uh, top five pick, 
next year. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was available as a college player. Are you going with that guy? After I mean, what, after the way he played yesterday? Knowing what you see, yeah. I mean, knowing knowing how he's playing now, absolutely. The problem is the draft really is um, a big crapshoot. It really, you, there's no guarantee. Even when, I mean, look at even top five quarterbacks, how many of them don't pan out. I just want to say this about everyone complaining about the Steelers not having a first round draft pick next year. Why are you worried about next year? Just stop thinking about next year. Worry about this team getting better for next week. You're, you're talking about someone that they could draft in the first round next year that might not even be an impact pack player next year. It might even be the year after that. Let's, let's deal with what's going on right now. This is why I love the trade from the beginning. And when I saw what he did yesterday, I'm like, wow, you got a guy that is a true known commodity and it paid immediate dividends. And the thing is, I used to watch as a kid, let's make a deal with the great Monty Hall. I know Tony did. In fact, I, uh, I bet you Tony would dress up to be on that show, but hmm. um, I, I can see him doing that. But here's the thing, you know, those guys always had a chance. You have a really cool prize, but it's not like a car. It's not blockbuster. And you can take this car or you can take door number two. And half the time, door number two was rice a the San Francisco treat, a year supply of rice a I mean, you could always get rice a with that number five pick. And we've seen players do it. Gosh, I mean, teams do it. We've seen Joe Marcus Russell go first overall. Ryan Leaf go second overall. Those guys are quarterbacks. Third overall, Joey Harrington. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm, I'll am take an all-star safety. I'll take the next possible Troy Polamalu or reasonable facsimile if it's Minka Fitzpatrick. And right now, I think it's possibly going to be. So with that being said, guys, we had, I think we did some healing. I think we figured out what the team needs to do. And the bottom line is, First thing first to save the season is beat Cincinnati. So, guys, let's beat Cincinnati. And with that being said, Dave Schofield, thank you for coming on the show. Tony Duffio, get some rest. Put some ice on that. Hope you feel better, my man. <laughs> for Dave, for Tony, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. That's right. You can call me bad. And you, my friends, have just been hung over. And if you're hungover, like Kathy says, you need to have some Alka-Seltzer gold, and maybe that's what we need, too. We'll see you, my friends. Good night.